Morning. Thank you. Yeah, I found it really difficult to prepare this week, and I guess maybe partly that's obvious why, and maybe not so much. It's amazing to think that one man could lead a country into conflict with another for a reason I truly don't understand. I mean, is it a land grab? I think Russia's big enough. And it's just hard to believe where we get to where one person can try and force their will onto a whole nation. And I guess I stand here as one person. And I don't get to lead a nation, but I do get to make choices in my life. And maybe on reflection I've been thinking about the choices that I make. And maybe that's what's made it hard for me to prepare this week. Just thinking that my choices are not always brilliant. And it does make us, uh, times like this I guess does make us very reflective. And we do think a bit more and maybe about more things than we usually do in the rush of life. And so I picture this man who, from our perspective, seems very evil. And we can't at all understand really what he's trying to do. And as I stand here, it's likely that people will die in Ukraine. For what reason? Just because it's their place of birth. It's their home. They're with their families. They're trying to protect the things they love. So, yeah, it is a difficult time. And, of course, we know that God in creation didn't design it like that. We were designed to have a relationship with God. It was a relationship that would be shown with love. It would be shown with equality. There would be justice for all, and there would be peace. And yet here we are in a world which does not reflect that. We've turned equality on its side, and we have a big hierarchy of structure. And we have power, we have money, fame, fortune, whatever. We, we just have a different way of the world, and this is the world that we are part of. It's also the world that Jesus came to. And the passages that we've got for today, uh, that you've been no doubt reading all week, from Matthew chapters 5 to 7, is Jesus' first real sermon, I guess, or real, first real message to us. As Matthew records Jesus had been baptised, had been tempted in the desert. He hadn't done very much else in his adult life until we get to this passage. Immediately preceding um, the Sermon on the Mount, he was healing. And of course, he's healing broken people. He's healing people who maybe weren't considered at the top of the tree in human terms. 
they came to him, they heard about him, he was healing. And it were those people who followed him, along with the four disciples at the time. And Jesus went up a hill and sat. Privilege not even I get. And he sat there and he spoke to them. They were people just like you and me. And you know, the first thing he said to them is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And the poor in spirit, I think, is those who are maybe economically poor, maybe those, I think Luke just calls, just say blessed are the poor, um, but those who maybe don't have a voice, maybe those who don't feel heard. And Jesus' first sentence is, you are blessed, you are in my kingdom. And so I just want to say to everyone here this morning, you are invited into that kingdom. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. And we just, you know, times like this, we just really, really need to know that we are loved by God. So many things we don't understand, but the one thing we do know, we are loved by God. The second thing I just want to say about this chapter before I get on to the, t- the topic <laughs> is that Jesus draws a big line between, I guess, what was the law. So he quotes the law. He knew the scriptures very well. Like murder. For Jesus, that's at the end of the line. Jesus went, said, I don't want to get rid of that law. Murder's not right, but that's not the big problem. The big problem's further upstream, if you like. The big problem is in your heart. And so Jesus' message to them was, forget the rules and regulations. That's not what I'm here to talk to you about. I'm here to talk to you about the things that I can do in your heart. The things that will outflow... Or yeah, your, your I guess your decisions and your actions and your behaviours and the way you are, the way you present yourself to the world will be an outflowing of what's in your heart. That was Jesus' big message on the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And today, actually there was just a couple of other things in there. I said only two, but there is more. Another thing he says in this, in this passage that is a really tricky one for us today, and that is, love your enemies. Now, that is not easy. I don't want to go into what that means because, you know what, <laughs> it's a struggle. But the whole point is that Jesus came and presented a new way. No longer are we wanting to see a kingdom that's about a hierarchy, but he brought a kingdom that is about equality and about justice. And that's the kingdom that we work with Jesus to bring to this world. So we do have a role in bringing this kingdom to the world and 
You know, we stand here and think we're helpless. We stand here and think things are happening a long way away. Maybe that makes us feel guilty. I feel a bit guilty when I think, well, surely I must be able to do something. And then you struggle to think what that something is. But of course, we can still bring God's love right where we stand. We can try and think about the bigger picture and work out ways that we can help in this very specific situation. But we still can bring Jesus to every situation we enter. So anyway, adopting healthy rhythms is today's, um, today's topic. And there's three rhythms I thought I would bring to you. The reason I thought that is I read Colin's notes and the, um, there were the three in there. The notes are very brief, <laughs> and I'll be reasonably brief as well. But the first rhythm is a rhythm of rest or Sabbath. Um, I much prefer the word rest. Uh, Sabbath to me feels very religious and, and scares me. But actually, Sabbath may have been a practice in, in the Old Testament days where it was considered a day of the week. I don't think that's how we need to consider Sabbath or rest, but I do think we need to bring a sense of rest into our lives. And you only have to see me behind the wheel of a car to realise that I try to live my life a bit too busily. And when you get those people who drives 40 miles an hour when it's clearly a 50 mile an hour area. I mean, have you ever seen such a worry in your life? It is so frustrating. And I get so worked up and I'm saying, Phil, calm down, calm down, calm down. And sometimes I am quite calm. I can last five seconds sometimes. And then <laughs> there's another one. And then I, I say to myself, but, and you're hurrying to where? To get to work five minutes earlier? To get... And the problem is, it affects all parts of your life. You can start living like that, and I have to be honest, I do. And it's a frustration. And I, I guess in the end, I end up really quite stressed. And I, I, maybe I would cry, I could just imagine, God, where are you? And I can almost hear Jesus saying, yeah, well, I'm here, but you've run past me five times already and you haven't got to work yet. <laughs> I just don't stop. And how am I to reflect anything of my God if I just won't stop and listen? Often I think that, you know, some people, they seem to hear from God better than me. They say, God speaks to them. Why aren't I like that? And I think probably God does speak to me the same as he speaks to them. Problems with the listening. And I just think we need to slow down. And I know we've got a book called Be Still somewhere over here if you want a copy. We've had the um, ruthless elimination of hurry. I'm just a slow learner. But what does, what does Jesus say to us? I brought this Bible up here, so I better open it. Um, does he say, Phil... Come home, 
say hello to somebody if there's anyone home. Grab yourself a wine, sit in front of the TV and just watch the troubles of the world evaporate. No, he doesn't talk to me like that. He doesn't talk to you like that. But that's often what we do. That's what we do for our rest. He says, come to me. Just come to me. And for our hearts, we need to come to Jesus. We need to give him a chance to speak. And we have so many rhythms and other aspects of our lives in terms of physical rhythms, don't we? We have night and day for a start. That's our most obvious one. But in terms of our spiritual rhythms... Sometimes we don't pay enough attention. And I, I know I said the same thing in December when I spoke. I know Al's already said this this year. Just about resting, being quiet, being still. Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wouldn't that be good for us all? Yeah, Jesus, we come to you just to listen to your voice, to say we love you. Show us more of yourself. The second thing, uh, rhythm, I wanted to talk about was a rhythm of um, celebration or fun. Um, I think Jesus accepts the fact that we could be happy. He accepts the fact that we could have fun. Right now that might seem hard, but if we just think of everything he's done for us, there are so many reasons for us to be joy-filled. And, and even Jesus himself, he, he compares heaven with a wedding feast. You know, he's not trying to tell us heaven is a terrible place and a boring place and a serious place. We need to be able to engage and we need to have fun. Even Jesus said, uh, John the Baptist came not doing this and not doing that, but I came eating and drinking and you accuse me of all sorts of things. So even, even Jesus reflects the idea that to be social and enjoy something is fine. It's part of our rhythm. God is good. Creation is good. Christ came that we should have life and live or and have life more abundantly. So I think we need to engage a... Rhythm of celebration, of gratefulness, of worship. And the final thing, which might be appropriate at the moment as well, is a rhythm of generosity. Generosity and maybe justice goes with that as well. It's that idea that we are equal, we can bring things, we all have gifts that we can bring, be generous with them. Maybe it's hospitality. Be generous with your hospitality. Maybe it's wealth. Be generous because as we give, 
So we receive from our, our God, our maker, our creator. And Jesus, even in the passage, the Sermon on the Mount talks about not storing our treasure up in, on earth, but storing it up in heaven. Storing it up there where it matters. We know truthfully we can't take anything with us, and yet we can still be tight when we could be generous. And I don't just mean money. There's, there's more to We know money's not that important, but who knows, in a situation like this, maybe we can help the people of Poland are right on the border of Ukraine. Maybe there's some way we can help, and that might be financial because we're so far away. But we need to have a spirit of generosity. And so just as I finish, I would say rest for your heart, for your soul, to grow in your faith with Jesus. Celebrate to know what it is that Jesus has done for you, the hope that we have in him and out of our overflow of those be generous to everyone around us thank you